Good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors, family and friends from near or far joining us on this Lord's Day, this High Feast Day, uh, where we welcome uh, and celebrate uh, our Lord's incarnation and birth. And so it is such a blessed day. I'm not going to mince words. We'll cut to it. I'll have you look to that Focused on Christ section on the inside of the back cover of the bulletin, uh, where we have a summary of the glorious reading set before us today. In the beginning, God created all things through his word, his son. But man fell into sin, and with man all creation was cursed. Therefore God spoke his word again, this time into the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle of our human nature. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Son of God took on our flesh and blood and died on the cross in order that we might receive the right to become the children of God through faith. Baptized into Christ's body, we are made partakers of a new genesis, the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. In Christ, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man has truly appeared. And of course, we have the great glory and joy of receiving Christ's body and blood this day in the fellowship of this altar. And so we, in accordance with his word, gather in that same common confession receiving his body and blood, confessing the same thing that he teaches very simply in his word, that he comes to us in and under bread and wine for our forgiveness, life, and salvation. Therefore, in accord with his word and his call to be in unity with one another, we ask that all those joining us at the altar this day be members of either our congregation or a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Just a couple of notes on the service this day. You'll notice that as we come to the gospel reading, and I kind of hinted to this on the back cover of the bulletin where you have that what is a gospel procession question, we will have exactly that, a gospel procession this day. Now the symbolism and meaning of this practice is really quite simple. As it comes time for the gospel reading, I will process down with the Bible to the middle of the nave here, which is sort of an illustration, if you will, of Christ coming among his people. And so as we celebrate his incarnation and birth to us today, we'll have the gospel reading read from right here in the middle of the nave for our service. And you can look forward to that also on Easter Day as well. It is Divine Service Setting 3 as it begins on page 184. Our first hymn will be a processional hymn, so give me just a moment and I'll make my way to the back and then we will begin the service. God's blessings to you as you hear his word and receive his blessed gifts this day. Almighty God, Grant that the birth of your only begotten Son in the flesh may set us free from the bondage of sin. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the Nativity of our Lord is from Exodus chapter 40. In the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars. And he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark and set the mercy seat above on the ark. 
And he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the screen and screened the ark of the testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Titus chapter 3. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A blessed Christmas to you all. You know, if the readings appointed for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day were likened to a multi-course meal, well then this morning we received the main course. Christians love the Christmas gospel from Luke chapter 2. It's well known, it's vivid and colorful. There are angels, shepherds, and that timeless picture of the Holy Family gathered around the baby Jesus in the manger. It's beautiful. It's just like a Christmas card. However, despite all of its beauty and crowd-pleasing appeal, St. Luke's Christmas Gospel is kind of like a delicious round of your favorite appetizers. 
Everybody looks forward to them and everybody loves them. No one's going to turn that down. But you're still left wanting more. The Christmas Day Gospel from St. John, it is the very filling main course. In 14 verses, St. John the Evangelist gives us theological meat and potatoes, or maybe dressings you would think for Christmas. But he gives this to us in the greatest fashion. It has weight and depth that are altogether different from Luke chapter 2. Now, to be clear, I'm not setting these readings against one another. Not at all. Both are Holy Scripture. Both are God's inspired and inerrant word. Both are wonderfully beautiful and full of God's life-giving promises. My point is simply this. What we hear from John chapter 1, this blessed morning, is a Christmas feast all to itself, full of grace and truth. So, have I whetted your theological appetite? If so, let's dig in. Now, St. John, he takes us all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to Genesis. In the beginning, he says, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. What he is saying is this. Jesus always was and always will be. He is the eternal God. He was with the Father and the Spirit in the beginning, and all things were made through Christ. As St. Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Even though <coughs> Jesus is born of Mary in Bethlehem, his coming forth is from of old, from ancient days, as the prophet Micah said. So if Jesus is the, only, or the eternal, only begotten Son of the Father, why does he choose to take on human flesh and be born of Mary? Well, that's exactly what John is unpacking for us. I hope you're hungry, because he's about to answer that question. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, notice how John joins together life and light. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Life and light here are synonymous. If you have one, you have the other. It is a contrast to death and darkness. When we sing about this in the carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Life and light to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Jesus brings light and life to a sin-darkened world full of death. Now, remember that St. John, he's wanting us to think about Genesis and about creation. In the beginning, God spoke light into being. God spoke life into being. All things were created by the word of God. Now, the word of God has become flesh. Born of the Virgin Mary. Why? To bring light and life where there is darkness and death. Jesus comes to bring a new creation to his fallen world corrupted by sin and death. Do you see it? Are you tasting what St. John is serving you? Well, let's keep going. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Well, first off, let's clarify one of those words. St. John says the darkness has not overcome the light. 
The word overcome, katalambano, means to lay hold of or to comprehend. Therefore, when it says that the darkness has not overcome it, it has the sense of not receiving, not comprehending, or even rejecting the light. This contrast is seen later on in verse 12 where he says, But to all who did receive him, and it's the same word, lambano, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, why get into all this Greek on Christmas morning, right? Well, it's to help you understand what John is teaching. He is telling us that Jesus came to this world shining his light and his life. He came to make a new creation out of fallen sinners, but not everyone received him. In fact, many rejected him. Just as Adam and Eve were created by the word of God and then later rejected God in the garden, so also many today hear the word of God, the word made flesh, and reject the light and life he brings. Folks, this shouldn't surprise us. When the word of God shines its light upon the darkness of our sin, we cringe and we cover our eyes. It's like when you're comfortable in a dark room and suddenly someone comes in and flips on the light. You cry out, what are you doing? That hurts my eyes. So also when God's Ten Commandments shine the light of truth upon our dark, sinful thoughts, words, and actions, we don't like it. It hurts. We are revealed very clearly to be exactly what we are, sinners in need of salvation. However, there are two responses to God shining the light of his law upon the darkness of our sins. The Christian response, the one given by the Holy Spirit, is to repent and ask his forgiveness, trusting in his gospel promises. The response of unbelief is to tell God, go away, turn off the light, I like my sin, thank you very much. As St. John said, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not comprehended it has not received it. Now, what follows after this verse about light and darkness is a brief explanation about John the Baptist. Having just come out of Advent, and this is clear in our minds, what St. John tells us very clearly is that John the Baptist is not the Christ, the very thing that we heard a week ago. Rather, John came to bear witness about Christ, who is the light of the world. Well, I hope you're still hungry, because St. John has more to load onto your plates this morning. Starting at verse 9, we're given a sweeping account of why Jesus came to us, how he was received, and what the benefit was of his coming to us. Jesus is the true light who came to us on Christmas Day. Even though the world was made through him, the world did not know him. He came to his own chosen people, Israel, and his own people did not receive him. This parallels the fall of man in the garden. No, you see, we're still not done with Genesis yet. After the fall, the pre-incarnate Jesus came to Adam and Eve and called them to account for their sin. He came not to condemn them to hell, but to call them to repentance and faith. So also the word became flesh and came to us on Christmas Day, not to condemn us to hell, but quite the opposite. To call us to repentance and faith and set us free from Satan's murderous lies and deception. Such is the mercy of God. He does not desire the death of the sinner, but rather that the sinner would turn from his ways and live, to literally repent and live. We hear of this at Ezekiel 33. In fact, the immeasurable mercy of God is on full display as we see the Son of God take on our flesh, take on human flesh, and be born of Mary for the sole purpose of saving sinners. 
The whole point of Christ coming to us on Christmas was to redeem lost and condemned sinners by the shedding of his holy precious blood on the cross so that we might be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. To summarize that even more simply, Jesus came to make sinners into children of God. He came to make us new creations. As verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Such good news, such gospel is marvelous in our eyes. It is incredible. This is the essence and heart of Christmas. The Christ took on flesh and was born as a child in order to make you a child of God. And rest assured, this is God's doing. It is not yours. You were born again, that is, born from above, born from heaven, not because you willed it, not because you chose it or made a decision for Jesus. You were born of God's will, God's choosing. God chose you. God made you his own. He made a decision to come and save you, to take upon himself your sin, your shame, your death, and take it to the cross where it would die, setting you free from sin, death, and hell. Now, where exactly did this choosing of you specifically happen? Where and when did God choose you and make you his own? In your baptism. Think about all the parallels in Scripture. In the beginning, the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters during creation. And when God created Adam, he breathed life into them, literally spirited life into them. So also, when Christ was conceived in Mary, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit who overshadowed her. In baptism, the Holy Spirit hovers over the waters as the word of God is spoken over you and washed over you and into you. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the very thing St. Paul speaks of in our epistle today. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs to the hope of eternal life. Just listen to what St. Paul tells you in this passage. When the goodness and loving kindness of God your Savior appeared, Christmas, he saved you, Good Friday and Easter, not because of your good works, but according to his own mercy. Now, just how is this goodness and loving kindness of God given to you? How is his salvation, one on the cross, bestowed upon you by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit? Baptism, whom he poured out on you richly. Baptism, through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified, that is declared not guilty of sin, being justified by his grace, you might become heirs, children of God according to the hope of eternal life. Is that not amazing? God saved you, chose you, washed you, justified you, sanctified you, and made you his child, all out of his goodness and loving kindness shown in Jesus, the word made flesh. It's glorious. Now, dear saints, you may be starting to get full, but St. John's not done yet. He's going to heap another helping on your plate. You can't cry uncle just yet. He has more Christmas goodness to feed you. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
And we have seen his glory, glorious of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I have one last Greek clarification to throw at you this morning. When John says that Jesus dwelt among us, the literal meaning of the word is that Jesus tented or tabernacled among us. This clarification is important because it connects to the Old Testament lesson for Christmas Day. Now, you may have been wondering, why are we hearing about Moses setting up the tabernacle on Christmas Day? This is why. The tabernacle was the place where God met with and dwelled among his chosen people, Israel. With the birth of Jesus, something greater than the tabernacle and greater than the temple is here. Jesus is the word become flesh who tabernacled among us, and we have seen his glory. Now, unlike the Old Testament tabernacle, Jesus did not appear to people as a pillar of cloud by day or a pillar of fire by night. No, rather his glory is that he is the fulfillment of both the tabernacle and the temple. Jesus is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And as we prayed in the collect of the day, the birth of the only begotten son in the flesh set us free from the bondage of sin. The glory of Jesus is seen in his crucifixion and resurrection for sinners. Jesus is our great high priest who offered himself for us on the cross as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus both fulfills and supersedes the tabernacle and the temple. In fact, Jesus is the tabernacle in the flesh. This is the connection of our Old Testament lesson to St. John's Christmas Gospel. And so, dear saints in Christ... The word who in the beginning made all things was born on Christmas to make a new creation. He came to take unholy sinners who were aligned with Satan and make them into holy children of God. Whereas the devil is full of malevolence and lies, Jesus is full of grace and truth. In his first epistle, St. John tells us that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And so he has. On the cross, Jesus overcame sin, death, and Satan, and now he lives and reigns eternally. God be praised for his mercy. The Son of God, born of Mary, he continues to shine the light of his grace and his truth upon you. In baptism, you were joined to Christ Jesus, joined to his death and resurrection, that you may live a new life in him. He has made you a new creation, cleansed of sin, redeemed by his blood. And in the absolution, Christ continually forgives the sins of his repentant children. And in his sacrament of the altar, Jesus feeds you himself, his true body and his true blood to forgive your sins, lighten your darkness, and strengthen faith. Well, you can't say I didn't warn you. St. John's Christmas Gospel is a feast of grace and truth. And although the sermon is at its conclusion, Jesus, he has more to feed us and the Holy Supper to come. So let us break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Let us go to the feast. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the Word made flesh. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. In thanksgiving for the eternal word made flesh and his dwelling among us, full of grace and truth, that his praise would be extended into all the world. 
and that many with us would come to hope in his steadfast love, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all pastors, that God would work through their proclamation of Christ to bring the good news of happiness and salvation to all who hear them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For families who gather in this holy season, that they may have patience and be slow to judge and quick to forgive, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the lonely, that they may be comforted with Christ's presence, and we may extend to them the welcome of our homes and the friendship of His grace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in poverty or want, that they may be helped, that God would increase our generosity, and that we would present our bodies as living sacrifices. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our nation, that it would walk humbly before the true God, and for our soldiers who stand watch this day, that they would be kept safe and their families would be upheld while they are apart. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. For the sick, those shut in, the lonely, those grieving and poor in spirit, and those recovering from illness or surgery, especially Barb Lyon, Shirley Dover, Chuck Taney, John Mottman, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that they may find comfort and healing in Jesus Christ, the light no darkness can overcome. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who commune, that they would receive the body and blood of Jesus worthily with faith in his bodily presence, and that they would depart, having received grace upon grace from his fullness. Let us pray to the Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for all your people who have gone before us and now rest in your presence. Keep us faithful with them until that day when you make all things new, for you live and reign with Christ and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, again, welcome and a blessed Christmas to all of you. Pray Christ's joy rests upon you throughout this 12-day season of the church year. Of course, immediately after service here, uh, there's a brief Bible study plan for the adults. Uh, I know it's Sunday and it's also Christmas. Uh, typically, we don't have uh, much along the lines of um, uh, Sunday school for the, for the children. So children are welcome to come to the adult Bible study. Uh, and again, we'll just have a, a brief uh, reflection this day. And then also looking ahead a week, Sunday, January 1st, we have divine service with the Holy Communion and uh, installation of offers. It's officers. It's a combination of things that day, of course, New Year's Day, and then also uh, the feast day of the uh, circumcision and naming of Jesus, where we continue to follow our Lord on his path to redeem us and rejoice in all he has accomplished for us. Uh, a couple of thank yous. First of all, uh, thanks be to God for uh, the gifts given last night in the service. We thank you, children, uh, and all those who organized that last evening. Uh, thanks be to God for the gift of music and the praise of children's voices to the one true God. Also, a thank you to all who made possible the midweek Advent wheels, meals this past season. It's wonderful to have that good meal and fellowship before we come to be nourished on God's word. Also, if you've not received them yet, the 2023 offering envelopes are now available. Please contact Stanley if you have any questions about that. And then I'll turn your attention to this little quote here from a Lutheran pastor from long ago uh, who had a, a wonderful question and answer to what happened in heaven was when Christ was born. We think about what happened here among us, uh, but he has a nice little devotional thought there regarding that. Again, God's peace be with you. Merry Christmas. I'll greet you at the door.